We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 WGC St. Jude Invitational plus the Barracuda Championship picks, bets, one and done. We're only going to do the one and done for the WGC. Tim didn't even give us his pick yet, although we were just talking to him. If you guys didn't know, there's going to be a brand new Cust Corner coming out next week, so please go subscribe to the Cust Corner feeds and be on the lookout for that one. It will be in the newsletter early. You can probably get it a week before everyone else. If you subscribe to the Mayo Media Network newsletter, find that down in the description, as you will find the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League link. It is back after an off week, the first off week we've had in like five years. Just didn't think there was going to be that much interest in Olympic golf. Maybe I was wrong, although it was the most difficult thing in the world to watch because it was on the weirdest times and I was in bed for a lot of it. So that was tough for me. But either way, go play in the Listeners League link. That is open right now. Let's fill it up so we can have some big ones for the FedEx Cup playoffs before it turns into the NFL situation. I'm still running the review giveaway over on Fantasy Football Picks and Bets. If you hit the description, you'll see the Apple Podcast link. You subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review, something you enjoy about the show, Twitter handle or email address in the review so I can contact you if you're a winner. We have now received enough Reviews that has been bumped from $500 to $1,000 in the prize pool. So you can just get some cash in your hand just by leaving that rating and review. So please help us support Mayo Media Network by both subscribing to the YouTube channel and leaving that review for the new show. I've got a ton of football content out already. There is more on the way, but we're here to talk about golf. So fantasynational.com slash Mayo will get you 20% off any membership that you like. And there's like a month of like real golf left and there's like an off week. Then golf season starts again. So it's never a bad time to get in on fantasynational.com. If you like Fantasy National for golf, You're going to love runthesims.com for football because it's essentially the fantasy national for football. Uh, And it's it's awesome so far. The free trial is over. But if you want to get 50 bucks off, go to runthesims.com slash mayo because the prices are not as high as they're going to be in September. So there's still time to get in on that cheaper membership right now and get yourself that $50 savings by going to runthesims.com slash mayo. Game simulations, optimizer, player projections, all the season long stuff is going to be free. So you can just go sign up and not worry about that if you don't care about betting your dfs you just care about season long that will all be up there jeff feinberg xander gets it done at the olympics 
I thought that Justin Thomas was going to be the king of the no-cut event. Turns out it's the guy who's the, like, second best in no-cut events. Xander finally puts it all together. Congratulations to him. The narrative came home. Like, we joked for the entire year, almost since the Masters, like, second place, that he was going to just do this again and then go win a gold medal. Heartfelt congratulations to Xander, to his family, the gold medal didn't gain more importance to Xander after winning it because he won it. Anyone who follows this thing closely was keenly aware of how much priority emphasis he put on it personally. He put on it um, with his team and his desire to, to peak for this event. And, and great. I missed his really hot run when I, I guess uh, it was round two after a rain delay. I woke up and he like I went berserk. Um, but all the credit to him, it was setting up for like him to come second to Hideki again, but he didn't and great. And as I kind of said during the week, last week, Pat, with a lot of the odds, you like, there was an easy case to make as much as it was hard to swallow that, that the Xander odd and a lot of those top odds did represent some value. Even after with this, the withdrawal, say Xander was nine to one, nine fifty. Well, if he's 18 to one at full field events, even as low as 16 to ones that we mock, some books post him at 14 to ones to win majors. Isn't nine to one in a field that for any of those top guys, I determined would probably be 70% easier to win than a WGC or any kind of nice big field. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I was never willing to bet it, but in, in hindsight, the number did have true value. Sure, because he won, but you could have made that case for a lot of guys that didn't win at the top. Oh, all like, those, Justin uh, Thomas had value. Yeah, If like, he went off sure. at 20 at the Open and he's 12 here, to me his chances of winning here were 75% higher than winning the Open. So I could have made that case there with a lot of um, the top guys. Rory, even any of those top guys, I think you could have argued that those lines represent value based on how we experience this sport from a betting perspective weekly sure if you had jumped on xander i mean congratulations on the cash i mean it's a great hit anytime you can hit a winner it's an awesome hit but the reason that i don't like betting guys like xander because if you've been betting xander all year and you just won with him you're still down money like just his odds are never good <laughs> oh i don't doubt that but but in the sense of this tournament alone um no you could argue that we we always make the case that the 16s the 14s the 18s are never fair um to begin with but uh yeah no i never that that would be a lot of money i would have to make on a bet like that not even i'm not a xander truth or better i have my other losers that i've still never made my made myself yeah. whole on yeah i i, I don't want to put it out there like i don't have guys that i bet all the time who i'm just down truckloads of money on i am yeah but, but they're not usually like 14 to 1 guys no, um, and no one who even loves Xander knew that they could make their, yeah, I think they've acknowledged like making their money back is is going to be be hard. Um, yeah, and I don't like to bet that way. I thought this event, as someone we, you know, got, we tried to be proactive one time in our life here <laughs> and the board like completely goes banana. Because we did that show, I did have like fun numbers, so I didn't even feel a need to get into the what happened after after the 
it shit got crazy. Yeah, no, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to the coverage that at least we were watching. I don't know if it was the same in the States, but the Canadian CBC feed for golf was probably the best coverage I've ever seen in golf. Pat, I don't know how to explain this other than I have perceptions of what something would be like in life. Uh, it's not something I really feel a need for or something that I would want. And you'll know where I'm going in a second. But the IOC, the IOC was like a five-star escort. And once every four years, she came into my life. And you pay for a five-star escort, you're probably expecting something. But she was so good, she... She did things you didn't even know you wanted. She didn't even know she didn't even know you needed. You didn't even know were possible. And now you're walking back in the door and it's that woman who does that person doesn't cook clean or even have a job. and wouldn't even know how to tickle you right. The IOC serviced me. Holy shit. What was that? Shot, 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 shot. Like, like. To the eighth hole, to the sixth hole, to the fourth hole, to the twelfth hole. No manufactured bullshit. It was magical. It was magical. And to think in four years to do it again, I I'm going to like make a whole woman's card. That being said, I only watched day one and four, but I imagine day two and three were probably the exact freaking same. And maybe I need to hold back because I don't know how much I'm actually going to watch of the ladies. But when I do, I know that coverage is going to also be spectacular. But that was that was unbelievable. I I can't and I can't even believe it. Like it didn't have, you know, a lot of the fancy frails that we get, or we didn't um, even feel like we had an on course reporter. I, I think a lot of that stuff might have been COVID related. And they still made me feel like I was I was being touched like I've never been touched before by a golf broadcast. It was great. They did the one thing that we want, and you hit on it. They showed shots from everyone in the field. It wasn't like, oh, Rory's on the course. We're only showing Rory shots, or Xander and Hideki are leading. We're only showing those two. It's like, no, we'll show everyone. We, we got time. This is great. I'm, I'm yeah. I, it was it was incredible. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think that NBC even went to like the live coverage of it on NBC like proper, but during the final round overnight, which is just mind boggling. I didn't even pay attention to what they were doing. I know they had a great experience. Also, I just thought that um, they just had their own American commentators. We got the World Feed commentators, and it was. It was magical baritones of commentary. I tell you that much. Like these, it was a lot like some of those European mornings, Pat. It was, it was truly phenomenal. It was truly phenomenal. I tweeted out the link to the broadcast that we had. It was all just on streaming. Like it never, did the golf appear on like our main feeds ever? Because I think it was just, but it's a free streaming service. It's not like you needed Peacock in order to watch it. You could just put in the link and watch it. Maybe you, maybe you needed a VPN to use it. But I, I think the people in the States could have watched the CBC one, like the world feed. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. And as we have a very interesting Olympic experience to begin with here, as we've got like three networks that partner together to show it to us. And, and, we, kinda, and there's nothing we enjoy more than celebrating a guy who came in fucking third place. Yeah, no, that's that's Canada's specialty. Good old personal best. Like, we'll we'll take that to the moon. You're called a legend. Um, but with that, like, there's always an ability to spotlight the 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 big world events that are happening that have nothing to do with the Canadians and clearly give the Canadians all their TV time as well. We're never like not getting anything um, good um, with our coverage. And while some people acknowledge it was kind of hard to find on the TV, uh, unless you like printed out or like we're looking at an app seeing like olympic scheduling it was always the live coverage was always on one of those three channels like they might step away for five minutes or ten just to update some things but they went right back um so it was always on so kudos kudos uh, yeah I, I i've i've used a lot of hyperbole and some ridiculous analogy but i'm i'm mesmerized from a golf fan like we've never it's possible. I like you could say that's four years of planning. No, it isn't. It's just like people on site having some concept of capturing this event for the viewing audience. It's funny when we broke down the narratives and everyone kind of bought into it. Like, I think everyone I know bet Siwoo Kim last week because, you know, we were all rooting for him to get a medal so he wouldn't have to do his military service. But apparently he can defer again and potentially qualify for Paris to try to get out of it just like Sung Jae Im did. So there was those two main narratives that got people onto those guys. You know, the Hideki narrative that he had went, you know, he had tested positive for COVID, missed the Open Championship. He had been over there, presumably, you know, either practicing or even training at that course. Those were like the three big ones. But it and was, then the Xander narrative, too, which kind of came through that well, we that, joked about well, that's for the, months. That's the whole thing. So there's the other three. The three medals actually went to the next three sort of like Olympic storyline type narrative people. You have Xander. Dad didn't get to get, what was he, a decathlete? And he didn't end up winning a gold medal. And it really meant a lot to him to go over and do this. You have Rory Sabatini, who essentially changed nationalities with his second wife in order to qualify for the Olympics. And then CT Pan, who it turns out that Taiwan just gives out a bunch of cash if you win a medal of any sort. And he ended up coming in third. Like, I would say that those were probably the three they were the much lesser talked about three narratives, but those were the three narratives after the big three. And those were the ones that all came through. In that, in that theory, you're absolutely right. Also, does Xander, like his mom is Japanese, his grandparents still live there. Um, so yeah, that was special to him. And, and full credit to Sabatini. Like I give Xander a heartfelt congratulations I don't know how to like verbalize this properly and people might tell me I am wrong, Pat, or that I missed the mark, but, but, but a lot of those Olympic narratives, some gained steam last week and some we had been talking about for years, the Sabatini thing we've kind of been talking about for years, but we never talked about it. Like it was not just us. It was always talked about under the guise of like straight humor and like, we never like it was like we laughed at it like we laughed at it i know i did i think a lot of us did um there were so many narratives as you said that we took so seriously like hyper seriously this one for the course of years we never like were even willing to legitimize and the guy goddamn popped
He shot a 10 under. It was amazing. He almost was Xander put it in the trees at the last. You're like, holy shit. Like, I, I, with this wife, both of them had their wife on the bag, the other medals. But uh, yeah, the Sabatini thing, in some like messed up way, it's as wild to me as some of the wild things we got this year. Like from Phil capturing a major, like, I don't know. Like, that was so crazy. I like, yeah, I don't know. Laughed at it for years. Good for you, man. Like, wow. <laughs> Wonder if that gets him anything. Although we, we were looking into it earlier. Slovakia now has two silvers and a gold. So not a bad Olympics for Slovakia. Yeah, I, I, I guess it well, is as simple as his mother-in-law is from as his wife, right? It, you could just marry into it. Right. Like I, I always well, no, knew no, no, have, I, like, no, no, no. It's not like you, it's not like he got married and then all of a sudden he could play for Slovakia. He had to go through the process of becoming Slovakian after he married her. And like, even to hear him talk about, it, he was like, South Africa has a lot of golfers. It was, it apparently meant a lot to him to go represent Slovakia. He started a lot of programs over there to make the sport bigger in Slovakia because, you know, he wasn't one of the, I mean, he was, he was a top South African golfer, but he was never like the elite. No, but I South get it. African go be a, a big, big fish in a really small pond instead of being like the, like right now in the, we would still be talking about Higo and excited about Wilco and, and Bizadenhope beyond the stalwarts, you know, the major champions of, of South African golf. So in that sense, yeah, it was a very, he would have had no chance sticking around in that scene of South African golf. And you are absolutely right. Like he's like, like he, we like, even at Rio, like before Rio, like we, he really wanted to do this Olympic thing. So the fact that he cashed it, that that that's really special. And like I said, like once you really grasp all of it in like my own little way, it's as part like it fits perfectly and like with some of the really crazy things that we got from this season of golf, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Since we recorded early last week, we didn't recap the 3M because I was away playing the Cabot courses. So I did a recap of Tim. Tim actually joined the show on the DraftKings show last week after Raza was on. And we talked about Cabot a little bit. But one thing I wanted to say for you about is we went and ate lunch one day after our round before we went and played the par three. Uh, then we took off for the night to go play a different course. That We looked up at the scorecard at the 3M and Ricky was in first place by like two strokes. I was like, oh man, Jeff must be like having a heart attack and then i checked back in later in the day and he was in like 40th place or something what the hell happened to ricky that 18th hole at the 3m is insane pat like it's a par five but bogey is like holes that you can eagle and we've seen eagles there the usual the floor on those holes is par right like on a lot of tour holes that like oh eagles like really in play here like the worst you can sometimes do, the majority of the field does on those is par. The amount of guys that went to that 18th hole and got obliterated was crazy. That event was a lot of fun. That event was really good. Um, I don't know. It, it, it sets up for anyone to win that course, like the player type. And it was hyper entertainment. I, I'm like, it's all, everything sort of blurs together. So I'm now trying to recall 3M, but, but it was, yeah, it was a straight, it was a straight hoot. And you asked me to name a hundred, I named champ. Like, I, like 
not get no one is he hasn't lost anything from his good John Deere performance on his number. I didn't bet it. A lot of really people we like we're friends with uh, crushed it. So bang, 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 bang. It's funny. Two of the big numbers like Cam Davis and Champ winning were like very popular 100 to 1 picks, 140 to 150 to 125 to 1 picks. We like we're never surprised when those things cash, but it is quite surprising like that they were um community uh you, you know what I'm trying to say like they were a lot of people were on them in them cashing. Oh, for sure. I mean, I was not one of the people who was cashing those tickets, but I did see a lot of those tickets, so that made me happy. I would have been happier if Johnny Vegas won, put it that way. <laughs> yeah, I had a few, I don't know, Shad, I had a few guys flirt with it. Sergio played amazing. I, I like I, I joked Pat that I don't like Sergio we should just call him Sergio Gellerman because they felt like the same dude. I mean, when we when we win the Sergio Gellerman double, it will make up for all of the Cam Davises and Cameron Champs that we've missed this week. <laughs> That's from Timothy Frank. I, I played it. I, I played that exact bet. How could you not? We, I, I almost hit the double here last year. I hit the each way part of the double. I had a Brooks Schwab double. And it almost won because Brooks blew it at the oh, WGC yeah. to JT last year. And JT got himself out from underneath that tree on the 18th hole. And I thought Schaub was just going to win. And they, I think went, Brooks came second, Schaub came third. But the each way Warinsky. part. So that, that was a, yeah, yeah Warinsky ended up winning. There's a bunch of people in contention last year. So any, any final Olympic stuff? We're bet, I bet Brooke Henderson along with you, by the way, for the women's Olympics. Um, no, my final Olympic thought is by the time we're in 2028, the desire to qualify will be fever pitch. 2028 Riviera will have talking points on guys race to qualify months out. We've, we've gotten excited for the Olympics as it's come and I enjoy it when it's here. And I mention a different pace and I enjoy that. And if they want to met, there's a lot of people that want to talk about the format, whatever. I'll get excited for whatever they do. Cause I, I do this week in week out. Um, but, but by the time we're here at 2028 doing Olympic golf, every golfer in the world, in my opinion, will on their schedule think this is, I want to qualify for this. Mm. And we can finally maybe have an Olympics in Paris that doesn't have the overshadow of Zika, which we could understand would be hyper fearful, maybe even more fearful than COVID to some of these young great golfers and where they are in their life. Um, and then at a COVID Olympics. So it would, you know, to professionals with those sorts of clouds and how successful those guys are, hopefully we can get a game that's free of a lot of bullshit and this thing can can grow. But it'll keep getting better. It'll keep getting better. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Uh, I mean, I would like to see a stronger field. It's not like the field was weak by any means, but even to compare it to this WGC field this week, it was substantially weaker than the field that we're getting this week, almost every single top end player is playing in Memphis this week, except for John Rahm, it seems like. So that just wasn't the case at the Olympics. Yeah, I think people will. And the fact that it'll be in the U.S., like it's not like a huge diversion out of your way to go do it. It's played at Riviera. You know, Tiger will probably have something to do with it, considering he already hosts a tournament at that course anyway. Maybe he'll stage a comeback and qualify for the team. Who even knows what's going to happen in 2028 when he's 52 years old or something like that? Unlikely, but... I would like to see it happen. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. 
They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can be can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash mayo. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash mayo. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash mayo to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash mayo to get started today. Let's talk WGC though. WGC St. Jude Invitational. JT beat Brooks last year, and then Brooks won the year before that. Uh, it's 7,238 yards as a par 70. It's sneakily one of the longer courses on tour when you consider par into the equation. So just because it's a par 70 doesn't mean that it's going to be like one of these, you know, like the Travelers or the Heritage or something like that. It, it's more in, akin with like the Valspar, which is a par 71, but it just plays a lot longer uh, then, you know, par would potentially suggest. So you're going to have to be good off the tee. You're going to have to be good with your irons. Uh, the player that has finished number one in strokes gained tee to green has won this event in seven of the past nine years. This was not always a WGC. Uh, it was the St. Jude Classic. You know, Daniel Berger won twice. Phil was always in the mix. We had Dustin have the walk. This was the course where Dustin had the walk-off holeout on Andrew Putnam too, wasn't it? Yes. He was like four to one that week and just dummied everyone. So it's a course where a lot of the very top end players and the top end players in this field have had a lot of success in the past. So when we look at the odds, it's kind of weird to see from DraftKings Sportsbook. Morikawa, Brooks, and Spieth are all 12 to one. Xander coming off the win is 14 to one. Dustin and JT are 18 to one. Berger and Rory and Louie are 20 to one. Then you have Victor Hovland at 28 to one. That is the same as Webb Simpson, Patrick Cantlay, Paul Casey, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Scotty Scheffler, and Bryson DeChambeau. A lot of players below 30 to one on this betting board, and only two of them currently have my interest. And one of them I think is a bit too low on the scale to actually bet. But my second bet of the week, Jeff, went on Daniel Berger, not at 20 to 1, at 25 to 1 when he first opened. So I have Daniel Berger at 25 to 1. Yeah, I, I'm a big Berger fan. I would have probably bet him if he found a way into Tokyo last week somehow. I got no issues with that. He is my favorite player in, in the 20s. Um, it is interesting to see, though, a couple of players that never get odds board respect, Pat, though, um, are the two favorites. Right. Like, wouldn't we argue that Morikawa and Brooks are perennially disrespected in terms of where we usually find them in full fields? Uh, Brooks, even being at the back of the super elites with his win equity is always, you know, uh, a debating point when when a lot of people do their golf betting stuff. So that's the first thing that hit me is, okay, like we're finally 
ready to acknowledge these guys at the moment. Like Brooks is still always going to contend and Morikawa is um, not only, not only might be bringing the most win equity into the field at the moment, but what, what he does, I mean, even be getting into that playoff for third place, um, the ball striking numbers at the moment are it's, it's unconscious. The, the gap between him and second place when you uh, deep dive the rounds at the moment. Yeah. It, if you're not betting on Morikawa, you're just betting that his putter's not going to show up, which is a pretty good bet most of the time because his putter doesn't show up most of the time. And it's weird because at this course, JT won a year ago and lost strokes putting and Brooks came second and also lost strokes putting. So it's actually one of those courses where you can actually, where you can ball strike your way, still be like marginal putting and still win, which is really terrifying with Morikawa at the top if you don't have money on him. And I'm probably not going to bet him this week. I, like, I, I want to bet Brooks, but I just don't want to bet him at 12 to 1. Uh, he has a win here. He has a second place here. He's played four majors and one WGC so far this year, and he has four finishes inside the top six in those events. And the other one was the miscut at the Masters when he couldn't bend down. So these are the types of fields that he comes up. I wrote this up in my column on DK Playbook. Like, and when you get an elite field, and you get the best players in the world. It's a real thing. It doesn't mean that Brooks is always going to play poorly at the crappier events. Like he won in Phoenix. He was top 10 at the Travelers. But you just look at his missed cuts this season. The American Express, Palmetto. Uh, what was the other? Byron Nelson. Like he just, sometimes he doesn't give a shit. And he will give a shit about this one. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that. Um, even, you know, with his tough guy exterior, when you've succeeded here, when you keep coming back here, uh, it's a tournament that you certainly want to win. And it has some beauty. I mean, the St. Jude attachment is one of the more beautiful things in professional golf. And now it has the, I guess, uh, the, a lot like, what would you call the illustrious the, the like WGC label? Yeah. It has, the, um, it has the prestige. Like this tournament really got upgraded. Yes. As we've seen a lot of tournaments get, you know, thrown a bone over the years or, or you know, a, um, a dog's breakfast, I should say. This one has greatly benefited in, in many, in many ways. I think we can't sort of have a conversation about betting this tournament without just having a blanket conversation because you did mention Colin. Um, just thoughts on anybody who played last week. Would you, did you, are you, I mean, is it clearly individually case by case or might you just blindly have zero interest, be at odds, or you don't want to chase anybody who was in Tokyo? I don't know. I'm so far with the bets that I've made. I haven't bet anyone that was in Tokyo, but that wasn't purposeful. It's not like I was like, oh, I'm crossing those guys off. They just didn't, in terms of odds, leap out to me. Because I think that there are a few guys that played last week in the Olympics that are pretty good odds. I would have to say that has to be like a negative against them, though, right? That just not only like the 13-hour the time difference, the amount of travel, but if you went over, because the guy, it's not like the only thing they did over there was go to go to and from the course like they were hanging around the olympic village apparently justin thomas was trying to get autographs from all the nba guys the entire time like it, there's the spectacle of the olympics that i think would be a bit more draining than just simply playing the golf as well and trying to peak for that moment yeah and this is a great event to have off the olympics because it offers those superstars a no cut where come make money start cold get hot sunday we'll still send you a big direct deposit don't worry about it boys 
Do you think? Don't that, worry about do, it. Do you, do you think that anyone is at risk of that though, of pulling the burger, of hitting a shot and with not necessarily hitting a shot and withdrawing, but like if they're if they're if Xander is seventy nine after round one, you think he's playing round two? Oh, I don't know. I guess that's always in play and something you can you'll probably discuss on your DraftKings show. Like, is that something uh, I'm going to think about? I I don't think um, I don't. Are people I, I don't think these guys. I, I don't, don't know. I, I don't I think doubt that you it, can but, think about that. I, I just, I don't think that you can. Okay. You're right. I would never, you're right. I would never, you're betting on the ceiling. Any, if, if I better roster you, I'm betting or rostering you on your ceiling. And I don't give that 2% like credence. You're, you're right. That's probably the far more prudent way to go. So other than asking you about gentlemen who were in, in Japan, can I ask how you feel this course sets up for Bryson? Because I am fully anticipating before we wrap this sucker up, he is going to roar one more time this year, bigly. I can see that. It might be at Liberty National in two weeks. Also remember, like, the Wyndham is next week. Then the FedEx Cup playoff starts. So this is the final tune-up for a lot of these guys because we will not see them at Sedgefield CC next week. But just... I know he's a different player, but he wasn't necessarily a different player a year ago. He has not done well with this course over the years. 30th, 48th, 30th, miscut, 45th. Like it's just, this hasn't been a friendly spot to him. So that's good enough for me to stay away from him. I mean, he's Bryson. Uh, he, he gained 10 strokes putting at this event last year and came in 30th. Yeah. There's a... Yeah. Okay. I'm always... I feel like he's just going to be... I feel like all of like the negative is being quite overblown. Oh, for sure. Like, even when you look at like sort of the run that he had before API and players, when he came first and third, those back-to-back weeks, he had a terrible lead in for him. He was like seventh at Kapalua. Then he missed the cut at the Genesis. He played in that WGC. didn't even come inside the top 20. And then boom, boom. Like if Bryson brings it, Bryson's bringing it. It just doesn't seem like he's there right now. Yeah, I, I would totally agree on that. I'm always tempted though. Um, you know, if it is a course that has suited Justin Thomas, well, Daniel Berger, well, Brooks Kepka well, um, I, it's hard to see why it's not suiting Bryson. I can see that as well. I would say that if he isn't reasonable off the tee, like obviously he's going to drive it 40 billion yards, but if he doesn't have some sense of strategy, he's going to be in the water a lot because this is the course with the most water balls on the PGA tour. Do you know, I'm trying to look it up on the fly and I can't find it, but just in my ability to gauge how well this guy can go from one far place to another potentially. Reed? Was Hovland's win in Germany the week directly after his U.S. Open withdrawal? Yes, it was. I'm such a loser. Something as small as that might make me like not be able to quit him, especially because you just say this is Tita Green everything and let me own this let me own this going to bed on the first two days of this olympic golf i was certain i was waking up to victor like full throttled heater i like you know me i love to scroll to the bottom and i like couldn't wait i like shot out of bed like a cannon show me victor first place second place every time i went to bed he was like running a train 
and they I didn't really watch it because it was late and I fell asleep, but he never maintained anything and he went backwards. Still finished great because he's Victor and he's amazing. That's how I felt about Justin Thomas, who I had money on. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to, he's like, he's through six holes. He hasn't made a birdie yet. Like, what is going on here? I was like, the first round, I wake up, he's like, oh, he's he's even. I was like, okay, that, that's strange. Then I do the same thing on night two. It's like, I watch him for the first little bit. I'm tracking him. He's even through six. Like, ah, oh, when I wake up, he'll be like eight under or something like that. And it just never materialized until the final few days. Should we be... Like, did he find something in those final two rounds? Because he's had a lot of success at this course himself. Uh, he's had a ton of success here. And I would argue this is like a perfect. If he wasn't. See, geez, this is where I don't know what to make of the Olympics, because part of me was telling myself last night, Pat, that if Justin Thomas wasn't at the Olympics, this is where I would be back on for him to get back on as Xander Brooks and and Colin have have you know sort of passed him on an odds board fairly form fairly um but I wasn't there at the Olympics and and was like this would be the time for me but I don't know what to make of of Tokyo although I'm just trying to convince myself that if I want Victor still makes perfect sense so I I, I don't know I Justin Thomas even as he struggles, I'm still like you waiting for him to make like seven birdies in 11 holes. And okay, here we go. Everything's fine. Going to kill these people now. But yeah. It hasn't materialized. I, I'm just going to feel like such a dummy when I bet him last week and then don't bet him this week. And he just, after he ripped my guts out a year ago, just with that final round that he had to beat Brooks, just it killed me. It's also my guy, Shez Reedy. I had last year as well. He came in six, couldn't make a putt all week and the final round was just like a travesty from three feet from the hole and this is one of the easier courses for one putt percentage as well like dustin and jt are the same odds dustin is still 18 like is he a sleeping giant here or is he just kind of off i think i'm leaning to sleeping giant pat i think some of the struggles have been overblown because there have been incredibly strong moments and it's like even in those last two majors he was in great positions after two rounds and then saturday sort of kills himself in a muck muck event like the palmetto you think like there's no point of even watching the weekend and saturday he kills himself like really weird like because he's putting himself in optimal striking dj positions going into that time where he usually does rev up and, and and if anything he's he's not he's going the wrong way um but I, I i'm silly enough to believe like there's no way that roulette wheel doesn't come up soon well, because is he depending on you how you want to grade that win i guess the official calendar will call that first masters a win in november based on the pga calendar but he has that immaculate record in golf at the moment nobody has won in as many straight years as him and i don't think it's close like it's dustin and a definitive gap and it, we could be on like 11 or 12 straight years with a win per season at least i think it's every year since 2009 that dustin has won incredible on incredible and, and i don't know if that and means i don't think that's going to end anytime soon and i think official math gives him that win because it was november and that calendar flips in the pga record i don't know if it's every season he's won or every year like calendar year that he's won it's probably both 
at this point. So I, I don't know how it was being tracked. So I think he won a Vegas event. That was his first win in 2009. But I have to go back and look at that. So I, I think he's a sleeping giant. Like Rory's sitting there at 20. It's not like he had a bad week over at the Olympics. No, if anything, maybe that Rory's so weird. Like, I love Rory. We love his candor. It was very nice to see him take his words back where he spoke about maybe a lack of patriotism. He took them back and he quickly took them back. And, and even if you break down those words coming like five minutes after he has a bad open championship and this is Rory McIlroy. So a full year just closed on him, not winning a major, which means to Rory, the year was a failure asked about the Olympics. Didn't respond properly clearly spent five minutes in that village and got turned up. He's always looking for breadcrumbs to spice him up. So it's crazy to think when Rory, I wouldn't be surprised one bit, Pat, when Rory wins on Sunday, I probably won't bet it, but he will cite the emote, like the determination of the Olympians and taking such pride, like that really lit a fire, a, a breadcrumb for him. Cause he's always searching for crumbs. And sometimes he's talking through his crumbs to us that he is searching for, but he's always looking for something to kick his ass, like not kick his ass, but anything, you know, from caring too much to not caring enough. I could see him saying, walking that Olympic village lit a fire in me. And, and I credit my win to almost what I got to watch other people do last week. In the 28 range, you said you like Victor. There's other guys who are dead. There's like a glut of guys, six guys on DraftKings Sportsbook who are 28 to one. I'd expect to see some of them fall, depending on if they're not the popular options. Like if people aren't going to Scheffler, he'll drop to 35 or 33 or something like that. I did have mild interest in Paul Casey, though. If this is an event where you can win with just ball striking and maybe your putter doesn't need to be electric, I don't know if I can get there at 28 to one, but he's just playing so well. Yeah, uh, 28, uh, maybe look look around, but but he's he, the ball striking's quite there. Again, a lot of people will tell you, yeah, Casey will get you exactly to where he got people who bet him last week, Sunday in an amazing position, and then he'll just, like, not do it. Um, but he does check a lot of the boxes for this course, and he would be another player who... I don't know how to say this um, because like I'm not comparing it to a major, but like I always sometimes the week after majors and guys that like were in the full throttle of contention, I wonder about the mental toll. And, and I would say he was full throttle contending, not just in Tokyo, full throttle contending for gold in Tokyo, much like Hideki. I don't know if I have a different thought on that than say a player like a, a Lowry or a Neiman who kind of just lol, like had my, I assume had a beautiful personal experience, didn't have the, 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 the scoring they wanted, but they just kind of lollygagged the pack on contending at, at, at all. That's me being ridiculous. If you trust your numbers on Casey, I guess, I, I guess bet them. I, I mean, I never really bet Casey like once or twice a year. They're like, why am I betting Paul Casey? I'll probably just play him on DraftKings. That's usually the best way to do it. Tune in tomorrow to see if Paul Casey is one of the DraftKings picks. I'm assuming that he's going to be. I was scoping around DealDash.com the other day because I've heard that people have saved some big time money there. And I tell you what, what I saw, I almost couldn't believe they had auctions on a crazy wide variety of quality products and people were winning them at truly shocking prices so here's the question 
How much can you save at DealDash.com? Well, it's completely up to you. Some people save 80%, some people save 90%, some people save up to 99%. Really, the only way to find out how much you can save is to visit DealDash.com today and use promo code MAYO. That's DealDash.com, promo code M-A-Y-O, to see how much you can save. DealDash, where deals come true. 30 to 100 range. I got two guys that I bet from here. And that's probably all I'm going to get to. Like you always say in these WGCs and even last week with the Olympic field, like when you have these small field events, very rarely do you see like one of the mid tier or even like bottom pack people win. It's usually one of the top end guys outside of match play. What's our outlier WGC win? Like, just help me remember it. I mean, the, the last match one, like- the, the last one I really remember that was a field like this was Kokrak winning at the CJ cup, which is a, essentially a okay, WGC yeah. field. Yep, yep. No, that's a good that's a good point. That being said, I remember Pat, there was like a, a like a six year window. You would literally read the last like 18 winners of WGCs, and it was a cavalcade of superstars. I, you want only, me to, you want and me to do Shane it? Lowry? Yeah, yeah I, I will do it for you right now. We'll take the match play out because that's a weird event. So we'll just do this event. Uh, the one that was at concession, and that is usually in Mexico, and then the one in China. So you have Morikawa, Reed, Thomas, Dustin, Brooks, Rory, Xander, Justin Thomas, Phil, Dustin, Hideki, Rose, Hideki, Dustin, Scott, Dustin, Shane Lowry, Russell Knox. That's dating back to 2015. Yeah, and then so I don't see myself... I'll be building the card in front of the guys who can't win, to be honest. Uh, you will be talked into a number that I like, and there's a deep one that I think we're both on, and maybe something FOMO deep in the pack. But no, uh, I see no, I see no, if I, if I swing and miss and someone takes this thing, I'll just, I'll have to accept the loss, but I will be taking my cuts at the good players. Yeah, I probably won't even be really doing that. Like I said, I'm in on Burger. That unless I get to Brooks, he'd be the one who I had the most interest in. It'll probably be fifty to one for the next guy. I just don't plan on investing a ton of money into this event. We're we're in that weird stretch of golf where you know, I hope to get lucky. Uh, I've run the numbers. I, I see a few spots that I like, but I, I'm not going to go like too heavy. Plus, I'll bet like Barracuda this week. I'll watch Sky and Tom on the European Tour show. I'll get sucked oh. in some Euro bets. So I'll, I'll spread the wealth. Right, I already got money on Brooke Henderson for the Olympic we women's got, event. You're gonna. I was going to say, I will have money on four events this week because I will tell a pick. Sky once tells me or tells the world to tell via mail media. I'll have my picks here. I got a lady pick or two. And uh, yeah, I got Barracuda picks. So yeah, I'll, I'll have money on four golf tournaments. So better not like get crazy on one of them or it can can get ugly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the two guys that I like, you and I both like Sergio. I wrote up Sergio. He beat everyone at the 3M tee to green by three strokes. He happened to lose seven strokes putting, which is... Not atypical for Sergio. Now, he has played this event three times. He has, in the past 10 years at least, he's gained putting in two of those events. So if he just continues to strike the shit out of the ball like he's been doing, and like I mentioned, you don't have to gain eight strokes putting at this event to win it. You can be, like, around even if the ball striking is good enough, and 
his ball striking right now is essentially it's Morikawa than Sergio in terms of the best players in the world and how they're striking the ball. So Sergio 75 to one, I'm in each way. I, I love it. Uh, I wish Sunday I'll probably be wishing I played the each way, but I'm so greedy. I actually see an opportunity after telling you guys only a good player is going to win a really good player. I actually see a great opportunity with Sergio. I was on him. Like a lot of you, we both touted him for, for the three M I can't go off. I can't, I can't. He, he was, his magic wand is on and he usually keeps it in form. Uh, his irons. uh, And let's just hope, like you said, we can get some semblance semblance of life. And, and as you pointed out, historic, data shows you can do exactly what Sergio does and win here so long as you're not not low um, with the flat sticks as he was in um, in in Minnesota can I ask you about Hatton at 50 to 1 how lost is he because for a full for 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 a strong event this is as great a number um, yeah this is a pretty strong number and something that's not a major for a guy that that most people are usually willing to run to was maybe a consensus such a popular pick for the open where he emceed he? yeah he was very popular yeah i mean i missed that one he's just not playing a Good. lot of golf right now like he played in the did he play no, i didn't even think he played in the scottish but he's played the u.s open and the open that's basically been it interesting he missed the cut at both those i'll see i'll look up to see if he played in the scottish open maybe he did Maybe he went on a little bit of a run there, but I mean, he should. And what about Kokrak sitting just in front of Sergio on these boards? Like if there's any guy to trust in this range, I don't know. He seems to still be putting a lot of that, a lot of what he's been putting together all season. Every time he steps out. Hatton did play the Scottish. He came T18 this week. I agree with you on Kokrak. I actually went in a different direction at DK Sportsbook. This guy is 35 to one, but almost every other place that I've seen has him at 50 to one. So I bet him is Harris English, who's won this, I mean, he didn't win the, when it was a WGC, but he's won at Southwind in the past, and you know he had the win, he had the third place finish at the U.S. Open, and he was dead to rights at the Open Championship, and he fucking rallied for, for the good of all mankind out there, and oh, got yeah, himself to the cut. Like, he's playing good golf right now, it's a course he's familiar with, in his six tries at this course, he has a win, he has a top ten, he's gained putting five times, and if he's going to be putting and continuing to hit his irons like he is... I think that he's super live at that number. We've seen him win a tournament like this already this year. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I was going to say, I, I hit a winning ticket on him in a 50 to 1 at the Travelers, but then I'm running through that Travelers field in my head. I'm like, that was not a slouch week after a major field. Oh, shit. I, I was going to say that he won the Tournament of Champions, which was a no cut event with all these guys, essentially. Even better comp. Uh, yeah, I mentioned Kokrak, but that's it's of the same vein. And maybe English is in the, the hotter zone, arguably, at the moment. And I got to tell you, a little with, with how well he's been playing and getting a little uh, a little rest, no one is probably walking to the golf course feeling better than Harris English, outside of maybe Xander Shoffley, because his chest might be puffed out with a medal. But, but... Yeah, I, I always wish it would be more than fifty for a WGC, but I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, so uh, th- those are the three guys. Uh, actually, I have four guys, but 
Berger at 25, English at 50, Sergio at 75, Sergio with the each way. Then I played Siwoo at 100 to 1 because it's me <laughs> with the each way. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. You got anyone else? Oh, I I want to ask. Oh, I don't forget it. I don't know. I'm seeing Finau at 40. I feel like he's played well here, but I don't have any actual memory of that. When you say that he's played well, how well do you think that he's played? Like a bunch of top 20s and enjoys his experiences. Uh, he's played this course three times. Uh, he came top 10 in 2008 before it was a WGC. In the two years that it has been a WGC, he's been 27th and 65th. And he was playing horribly and kind of like got some things going at the open. Never like really contending, but he actually played better than he'd played in quite some time uh at the open i i'm still i don't know he still seems lost with form though yeah i mean webb has two top 15s in the two wgc years fitzpatrick's been sixth and fourth the last two years which i thought was interesting reed sorry go go for it reed's won windham right and doesn't he always play in it he plays every week he's played uh, literally so, across he's the gonna world go, the there's no years. way he plays next week would you put it past him? I wouldn't, but it's so crazy. <laughs> He's, oh, that's why I love, I dropped him in the fantasy. I'm like, there was a debate, like sheer volume, just sheer volume, sheer volume. That's like, why I felt, come on. that's how I felt about Sung Jay too. And Sung Jay's just kind of blown it. He plays every week. He sucks now though. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked at all, but right before the FedEx cup where like he has to take a week off before he goes and wins a FedEx cup event. Yeah, and they're going back to Liberty, where he won last time, too. All right, let's do the quick picks. Quick picks for the WGC. Actually, no, let's talk about Barracuda very quickly, because I bet Gellerman, 200 to 1 with an each way. That's all I got. That's all I've really... That's your only bet? That's all I've looked into the Barracuda. It's Um, it's Stableford scoring, if people don't remember. Yeah, and I I enjoy the field. I bet Gary Woodland at 33 to 1, simply because... He's actually been playing well, and he, he like the ceiling and and low scoring. I don't know you get hot, you get those extra points. Obviously, if he finds landmines here, you're triple screwed because going backwards in any regard. And I was like really into Shez and Hadwin, um, but both their numbers dropped. But I still might be into them just based on they contended on the last time we played. And all three guys, I could be making this up, Pat, or you could tell me there's no correlation, but. Um, it's elevation golf, right? Or desert golf? It's elevated. It's in California now. It wasn't Lake Tahoe, but it's all in that same region. All right. I don't know. Hadwin's won American Express. Shez and Gary won out in Arizona. And now I'm just making things up for yeah, golfers. This is nowhere like. near a, like, this isn't in the desert whatsoever. Yeah. So it's not desert golf. No. It's straight elevation golf. Yeah. Gary Woodland. I had a moment in my life where I thought I would never bet Gary Woodland again. I remember lost this thing to down su- the stretch to Super Nintendo Chalmers. Yeah, no, I don't think it was at this course though. Oh well, it was the st- it was the Barracuda Stable for for an up in um, elevated mountain region. Yeah, I think it, it used to be in Lake Tahoe, but like the last two winners, I think at this course, I think it's been the last two years. Morikawa won. 
Did Morikawa win this? Yeah, Morikawa. Yeah, this was. I don't know if it was this course, but he won. This was his first win. Yeah, he won two years ago, and then last year, obviously, Richie Warinsky won. But it just seems like the Grio types are the, the types that you want at this course now. This this is Morikawa's only non-major or workday victory, Pat. Yeah, he won concession. That was workday. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> they they bought into it, and he won it. He's won, he's won two majors in the Workday Memorial and the Workday Concession WGC. That's awesome. So next time we're at Workday, don't bet on Matthew Fitzpatrick, who's sponsored by Workday. Bet on Colin Morikawa. <laughs> Fortunately, I've cashed both of his Workday tickets, so that's good. Uh, yeah, yes, 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 you have. So um, this was the quick guys I liked. I did bet Gellerman, though. I'm on that train. He, he, he was Sergio-esque in Minnesota. Yeah, I believe he led the field in strokes gained approach. So if it's just about making bogeys don't hurt you as much here, it's just all about making birdies. Get that stable fruit scoring into your system. I was actually surprised to see him at 200 to 1, honestly, in this field with the way that he's been playing. Yeah, so I don't know. Is there like a type of player type you like care, look for? Or I, I got no idea. Tune into another show for extensive Barracuda picks this week because I don't. But I think there's a lot of guys like with good numbers that have been playing really good golf. Like Adam Shanks, like near 40, 50 to one. Like a lot of guys that have been contending lately um, are are there. And it sucks for, um, how to put this? Like, you know, anytime Griot's like flirting with a co-favorite of an event, you know, things are going to get spicy. I could see Grio winning this week. I, mean, I, I put it this way. I'm not betting Grio at 18 to one to win this event. This is the one where Brennan Grace was winning until he had to withdraw because of COVID last year. Mm-hmm. He's the original. Yeah, no, there's he's a the lot original of fun names like near the top that people bet on that first win, right? Uh, yeah. Mito and McNeely. Pendrith, Peters. Uh, so there's a lot of like flavor du jours. Like, o- honestly, top. like Thomas Peters at 28 to one would probably be the one that does it for me the best. I just think he's the best player of these guys. Like Mito might long-term be the best player, but Peters, I think, has a long enough track record that he is the best player of these guys. Yeah. Has Doc Redman had any life lately? Because, I don't know, people were all over him, and this seems like a true jabronia bet for 50, 60 to 1. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he fits the profile of Champ and and Cam Davis, guy that everyone used to bet on and then everyone stopped betting on, and then somehow... I'll, I'll just see who, like, the popular long shot is this week who hasn't done in a while. I'll just tail everyone else's picks because they seem to be hitting. Great. All right. All right. Quick picks... For the week in golf, I got Brooke Henderson, 28 to 1, 25, 25 to 1, doing the women's Olympic event. I got Berger at 25, English at 50, Sergio at 75, and see, whoo, Kim, at 100 to 1 at the WGC. And I bet Michael Gellerman at 200 to 1 with the top five each way at the Barracuda. All of my full picks in the cheat sheet form in the newsletter on Wednesday, along with the secret shows that are up there. Jeff, who you got? Uh, ladies, I've got Brooke and uh, Leona McGuire, and in the Barracuda, I have bet Woodland and Gellerman, and in in the PGA or in the WGC, Sergio at eighty to one. I'm probably gonna bet Victor Hovland twenty eight to one. Okay, 
one and done selections for the WGC. We only got a few tournaments left here. I think it's pretty close. I haven't added it up in a while, but Spieth coming second at the Open really kind of thrust me back up the board. So I'm either just ahead or we're all about equal. I have no, I have used, I used Burger at the last WGC. Hmm. Who can I take here then? Have I used Sergio yet? You used Sergio last time out. I'll use Sergio this week. I got Sergio Garcia. Who do you got? I'll just pick Louie. Yeah, that's a good call. We didn't even talk about Louie, but it does seem like he is legitimately on a breakthrough for a win. Yeah, he's just playing well. I don't know. I'll use him here. All right. And Tim is... Can't go this season without getting him out. So let's just get him while he might have some steam left. Yeah, he was sixth here last year, too. So it's not like he's played poorly at this course over the years. Maybe I should give a bigger look to Louie. Maybe the first time I'll bet on Louie all year is the week he wins. Who knows? And I saw him at... I found him at a 25 to 1. Maybe that's the number. I'll ask Tim. I'll include that in the cheat sheet later on in the week who Cust is taking as his one and done. want to remind you again to play in the Listener's League link. FantasyNational.com slash Mayo for a discount. RunTheSims.com slash Mayo for a discount on the NFL product as well. I'll be back either Tuesday or Wednesday with the DraftKings picks for this event. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at GFeinberg17 and check out the Jeff Feinberg Show Wednesday and Friday on FTNDaily.com. And that'll wrap it up for us. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.